God's Talk, the BFC devotional podcast. Thank you for joining us today. The passage for today is going to come from the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, starting in verse 8. This is Paul writing, and he says, To me, though I am the very least of the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that He has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in Him. I find that as people, we are often prone to extremes. We have a hard time finding the middle way. We have a hard time living in the tension. So we will usually trend to one pole or the other. This shows up in the church, and that for a long time, church services, the way church was done, was maybe what might be called a little rigid. There might have been some legalism that had seeped into the church at large. And so in a response to this, we took things too far in the other direction. And I think a lot of things that came out of maybe this reaction were good. I think a lot of our contemporary worship has been good and helpful for building bridges to different generations in the church. I think an emphasis on grace and mercy and love has been helpful maybe getting away from an overemphasis on the rules. But I also think we've seen some negative side effects of this trend. I think a lot of churches are a little bit too relaxed, a little bit too cavalier, a little bit too familiar. When we meet together on a Sunday morning for a church service, we are coming to worship the God of the universe, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords. We should keep that in mind. He is our father, that's true, but he is also a king. The Old Testament and New Testament are often felt to be in tension with one another. And it is true that the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. And then the Old Testament, while we may see a lot of law and ritual, we also see that God is called a God abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. That all over the Psalms, we see David loving with his whole heart God his laws, him as as God, as a friend. And in the New Testament, for as much emphasis as there is on grace and mercy, we also see God dealing very strictly with people. We see him striking people dead in the book of Acts because of their dishonesty. There are tensions to be managed here, and there are things that might not seem on their surface to be compatible. But this is who our God is. He is often beyond our understanding. That being said, I do think that the emphases are different between the Old and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, we see a lot of God's holiness. We see a lot about God being above, other, powerful, and that there were certain practices that needed to be done to enter into his presence. The whole sacrificial system was about coming before a holy God and understanding that we are sinful creatures. And it's important that we bring that Old Testament understanding into our reading of the New Testament. In one of the verses I just read, it says, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. The Old Testament system involved one high priest who could come into the presence of God once a year. They would tie a rope around his ankle because if he was in any way 
in, in a sinful lifestyle. He would be struck dead immediately after entering in, into God's presence. But when Christ died, this talks about our faith in him. When Christ died on the cross for our sins, paying the penalty for our sins, the curtain to enter into the presence of God was torn in two. Which means what? Which means that we can enter into God's presence. There is one mediator between God and man. But does that mean that God isn't holy or as holy as he used to be? Does that mean that we aren't just as sinful as the believers in the Old Testament were? Certainly not. What this means is what a powerful gift we have been given in the gospel to be able to enter into God's presence. And not in servile fear, as though at any moment God could become angry with us and strike us. How do we come into God's presence? With boldness and confidence. The best analogy I've heard about this is of, of a monarch. Now, we don't really have an equivalent of this in the United States. We have a president, uh, but th- th- that is very, very fast become an offense that isn't held in esteem or reverence as it maybe would have been 100 years ago. We don't respect the man just because he's the president. Most people don't respect him anyway. But a better analogy would be the queen. To imagine that we live in, in England and we have grown up under a monarchy. And if we were to come into the presence of the queen, there would be some fear. There would be some trepidation. We would realize that this was an, a, an important moment in our lives, that we were going to meet the queen. Now, we wouldn't walk into the queen's presence and, what's up, queen? High five. How you doing? What's going on? But isn't this how we come into God's presence sometimes on a Sunday morning? Haphazardly not paying any attention to what's going on, not participating, not showing God any reverence. We can be very lax in the way that we interact with God. But who can, who can come into the queen's presence with some irreverence, if we want to call it that? More relaxed, more confident. Well, it would be your children. It would be her family. So this is a good analogy for why we can come into God's presence, because through Christ Jesus, we have been brought into God's Family, we are his sons and daughters. We are his children. We don't come into God's presence with boldness because we've been especially good people or because God is feeling lax. The only reason we can come into his presence with confidence and boldness is because of the blood of Jesus Christ that covers our sins. All this to say, when we come into God's presence on a Sunday morning, when we come into God's presence through prayer, we do come in remembering that he is holy, holy, holy that he is so morally pure that we couldn't be in his presence and live, that he is the God above all gods, the King above all kings, the Lord above all lords. That is still true today. That is just as true in the New Testament as it was in the Old Testament. But because of the tremendous price that Jesus paid and the tremendous gift that we were given, the book of Ephesians talks about the riches, the glorious riches in Christ, our sonship to the God of heaven. And because of what Jesus prayed, we can come into God's presence. Praise the Lord with confidence and boldness because he is our good, loving, and glorious Heavenly Father. So let's celebrate that and let's respond in praise and worship for who God is and what he has done. Lord, we thank you for this tremendous gift of your presence in our lives, of being called your children, of of spending eternity in your presence. That the creator God who made everything that we see 
has called us out as his people. You are a good God. Help us to remember this and everything that you've called us to do and every circumstance that we're, we're going through, that you invite us into your presence. This is no small thing. This is a beautiful thing. You would remind us of this every day and we would praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Let's Talk. Church family, have a blessed day. You are loved.